two things in there. One thing is, um, I remember in sixth grade doing like an award ceremony. I jumped on the stage in the auditorium. I was like in the back, and then I started walking. Then I was like, I started running. Then I was like, you know what? I can make it. Then I landed on the stage. That was fun. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about like, now, like, I didn't even think about all the time. I was like, jump on the stage and land there. I didn't think about if I fall, if I hurt myself, anything like that. It was just, my brain was like, A, B. Yeah. Uh, I lay on the I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get it Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I'm a friend thing though to speak about teaching and growing it up. I'd like to have a content warning for any strong language used in this episode, and hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. Record. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so what to thank you for joining the podcast. Oh, wait. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Nice, nice. So, uh, the way I like to set the episodes off is I like to actually what would your old story be? It could be a real thick story. And then I like to ask how you like to represent that old story. Um. I guess a little bit about myself. <laughs> um, so I guess a little bit about myself real quickly. I don't know where, where to even start. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I guess to start off, I mean, to start off with something random. I mean, I love math. A lot of people hate math. So, I mean, I always started from there. Um, love just the numbers, the crunching numbers. The, it just makes sense, right? Because even when you have like a conversation with someone, even what they say, it's hard to interpret, but if the numbers are there, you know, it just makes more sense. Um, so I always loved the numbers. That's why I decided to like become a math teacher for students. Um, because like if kids at an early age, anything math really despise. That's what my career path led me to. Always loved math ever since. And then now teaching it, so continuing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, math. How can you not love it? Like I don't, I don't even know. Like how can you not love math? <laughs> yeah, and since math, how would you like represent it? You make a math problem, somebody got to solve it, and then tell your whole life story, like in the code. Well, I mean, the thing about it is like. In order to be like well at solving math overall, like you need to have some like reading comprehension, like being able to like really dissect something, which is like something you need to know in the real life overall, anyways. Um, so like, I think that's why a lot of students hate math overall because it's not the math part. I think it's more of like having to read these long scenarios or whatever, um, for them. So I think to make it more engaging for them, I always try to make it stuff that they know about. Because if you're reading a problem and, you know, that meme about those watermelons, like <laughs> nobody goes to a store and buys 28 watermelons, like, right? That's not relatable. So I guess it's making it more relatable as possible because that's when people are able to understand not only math problems, but even each other. Um, so just trying to make it more relatable and accessible for them pretty much. You're like, 
if Johnny goes to StockX and buys the sneakers with this investment, how much will the value increase if, um, over time? Yeah. And I mean, you, you, you'll be surprised with how many of them know it as soon as you mention like something that they do on a daily basis. Like, if you think about it, kids are on TikTok 24-7, right? I'm on TikTok now. Like, <laughs> TikTok is, like, taking over a lot of things. But, like, it, it helped me because that's where I'm able to, like, relate with them. I'm like, all right, if you have 10 views today, and, you know, it increases by 30% the next day, like, how many views do you have in total? And, like, a kid instantly gets in, like, does the math. But as soon as you switch it to, like, oh, Mr. Mello made this much at his job, and then it was a 10% increase. Their heads are out the window, and they're like, yo, what do I even do? Right? So I, I guess always finding that relatable midpoint um, to make just, you know, both parties easier when it comes to, like, discussion, talking, whatever the case may be. Nice, nice. That's one thing we both share. We both love math. Me, I retired from math in high school. I was like, I'm done. I hang up my jersey, getting the number retired. Yeah, so like, so of all that, so like, yeah. For me, math, math was like something. It's like the first thing, like the first thing I got into. Like I understood this, and like, and then with like the positive reinforcement, like I'm good at it. So I'm gonna like it, doing it more. But got me into math. Yeah, and I, I think that's what helps a lot. Like, if you think about it, like, if you tell someone, like, oh, you're really good at this, and, like, you keep telling them that, even though they may not be good at it, like, eventually, they're like, yo, I'm the best at this. Like, no one's better than me, and no one's ever going to be better than me. Like, you start to believe it so much that at the end of the day, no one can take you out of that mindset. So it's like, that's what people have to tell themselves. Like, I'm good at this. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. And just keep going for it. Because the more you tell yourself that, the more you're able to push forward. And again, it's not a lie. You're not lying to yourself. You're just trying to trick your mind, right? It's not a lie. It's a trick, right? Trying to trick your mind to help you push forward. Because at the end of the day, as soon as you say it out loud or like say like, oh, I give up, you don't do it. You stop. That's it. <laughs> you stop doing it. And then you're like, oh, I'm not a dude anymore because, you know, I'm bad at it. All right. So you have to just do the opposite. That way you get better results for what you want. Yeah. I fully understand that. So English, that's my worst subject. I'm just saying, you know what? I could be halfway decent at this at best. I don't need to be the most eloquent writer. I just need to be able to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. All I need. Yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, let's be honest, like in English, we learn all these fancy words, we read all these fancy words, like, yes, it's going to help us with like being able to communicate and all that other good stuff in our job. But at the end of the day, how much are we using those words that we're learning? Right? We may hear here and there and be like, oh, yeah, I know what that means. But how much do we actually use it? Right? With Math is, is different. Anywhere you go, you're going to use math. <laughs> like, 
there is no way to avoid it at all. So, I mean, yeah, like English cool, obviously talk, you know, <laughs> sophisticated and all of that, like awesome. But like, can you really crunch down the numbers and like figure out stuff? Like, for example, I was at Staples, I was buying supplies for students and there was a thing that said after 12 notebooks, right, the rest are 50% off each. I'm already doing the math in my head to figure out how much I got to spend, right? And then like the cashier, she's talking, boom, whatever. She's doing her thing. She's bagging. And then she had to do about 28 notebooks in total. So, you know, after 12, the rest, 50% off. And like she did the math and like she got it completely wrong. Um, and I'm just looking at her like, that's wrong. And like she just started like talking like sophisticated and I'm just like, like I'm not trying to come at you and I'm not trying to say anything disrespectful. I'm just trying to let you know that the calculation you just did was incorrect and here's why. And then like she did it on a calculator and like she was like, yeah, but look, I'm like, yeah, it's going to give you that because you're punching it in wrong. You see, it's not Right. So, and, and like, this is her job. Right. So it's like, she could have talked to me how sophisticated she wanted to, but at the end of the day, if the math is wrong, the math is wrong. So the numbers are going to tell the whole story. Yeah. Math is in everything you do. How things are built, how things operate, how the country operates, everything's just a calculation. Yeah, and it's and it's crazy though how some people really don't see like the little moving pieces of of everything, and and how every little detail, like with math, goes with it. Um, it's just a, it's just like like life. Basically, you mess one thing up, like the rest is gonna trickle down and like spiral. Um, so that's me. That's personally why I love math and like why it makes sense <laughs> to me. And like why I try to like, you know, spattered it all over to let people know about it. But, you know, it's always going to every as always, everything's going to have its pros and cons, likes, dislikes. Um, but, you know, you can't do too much. Yeah. Right. That's that. So like, how's life been? So like now you're a teacher and you kind of like, throughout college, you kind of like walked your way into it, like with different experiences. How was that like journey? Yeah, I mean, so I'm teaching the Bronx, which I love. I'm excited about that. Um, coming up to the end of my second year, and I mean, you see a lot of things, right? Um, this whole thing about opportunity gap, achievement gap, you know, some people think it's not real or some some people don't really understand how really far away are these gaps. But when you're in the classroom and like you have 30 students that are having difficulty um, multiplying double-digit numbers, something that you and I probably do every single day, um, you start to wonder, like, what is causing this to happen? And my first instant was teachers in the classroom for the simple fact that it's not that they don't know it. Oh, wait, better said, it's not that they can't do it. It's just that 
someone has not been there to teach them it correctly, right? Because if I see someone that talks like me, looks like me, or at least understands the way I think, they're able to teach me better, right? It's just the way it is. Like, even when you, you're at work and, like, there's a coworker that, you know, you're bumping heads or, like, I don't really understand each other, it's because there's some type of barrier there, right? But, I, but you have this other coworker that you're mad cool with for some weird reason, but the actual reason that you're cool with them is because you understand each other and you're able to relate, you know, which goes back to what we were talking in the beginning, that relatableness, right? We're able to relate. We're able to have a very fluid and an easier way of communicating. So I think what I came in, my experience of just going through the whole students are coming from, I didn't want to go in there and just teach because because anybody can do that. I wanted to go in there and basically like change either be one student, two students, whatever. At the end of the day, that's what I that's what I'm doing. Like I have their their lives in my hand basically. And that's a lot to carry. So it's like I could make it the best or I could make it the worst. So like I have a lot to balance and I have to keep that in mind every day I'm stepping into the building and not force my ideologies on them, but let them think for themselves and come to that conclusion because they're not walking in as a blank slate. Like they know a lot of stuff, probably way more than you and I, <laughs> and we'll both be surprised. Because so old, I'm just like, I ain't not that old. I'm in my 20s. Yeah. It's funny because my, my students thought I was like 40 something. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, what all because i came in with a suit and tie the first day like come on everyone like look at this baby face like you got to be kidding me like i'm at least 30 if i would say that yeah but that, that that's pretty much what i came in my experiences were just like i need to really think about what i say how i say it and what i do in front of these students because they're looking at me because again, they're seeing someone that looks like them, talks like them in front of them. So the way I represent myself, they're they're going to take it as something, you know, more to their hearts than if another teacher were to do a certain action. So, you know, that was in the back of my mind, <laughs> pretty much every day stepping into the building. Yeah, I feel like that. A model that they, they might not have at home or in their neighborhood just have to like that person so they can feel like okay cool this is something i can do okay inspire this little bit in this and not exactly but in that area yeah and and it's like again like this place may be the only place like they see enjoyment or like have friends to talk with because we don't know the situation at home until you actually get to know the student and that's really rough when you have a student that's like bouncing from like different homes and then they're having a bad experience at school. So now they're starting to think like, do I even belong anywhere? So again, that responsibility of becoming a teacher, not everyone can do it. <laughs> and like, if I personally see like people are not fit for it, like I let them, 
I let them I let them know like like have you considered this like you're really you really have a big role to play in the students like life like you know be careful of what you tell them or what you say so it's like I always have to be that saver quote-unquote because I'm that you know man of color in the classroom and I have to educate these other teachers about it which is ridiculous for me like why do I have to do that no need for that like you you should know what you're stepping yourself into especially in the Bronx like you should know the population already at this point. But everything, everything's my experience and everything. And we'll uh, play our best. So, other news, how's life just in general? Life is good, man. I mean, during quarantine, not much you can do besides <laughs> like exercise and self-improvement. <laughs> And read a lot of books, I guess, and watch shows. Uh, I mean, personally, for me, what I've been mostly doing is just trying to get ahead as much as possible, right? Um, finding that self-balance, too, because I think a lot of people are having that difficulty, right? Where does it meet the point where I just want to chill for these hours, or do I have to do something for work in this hour, um, so just trying to find that balance while just also keeping in mind my, my self-care. Because um, I'm not trying to drain myself at all. Um, so that's how life's been in general, just trying to find that balance, um, which is hard to do. And just trying to keep myself occupied as much while still being informed as to like what's happening on the news and all of that, which is like crazy because every day there's like something new happening, a new press conference. And sometimes it can just be a lot. <laughs> it yeah. can just be a lot. Just take those days off on yourself. It's like, I ain't gonna do much, I'm gonna chill. This is just. Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely try to take those days off. Like, like we need them. Like I, I, I'm not a machine. I can't work for seven days a week. Um, like I need those days off and, and that's what people need to understand. Like having a day off doesn't mean that you just backtracked yourself. Having a day off means you just rejuvenated and now you're ready to move forward even 10 times harder than what you were doing last week. Um, so just being mindful of that, that even if your chill day looks like watch eating ice cream and watching Netflix all day, like go for it. That's what you do. Or if your chill day is just like, yo, I'm going to run for like these two hours, come back, eat, and then take a nap and then do the same thing over again. Fine, do it, right? It's whatever works for you on those chill days because it's your chill day. Like there's no such thing as a proper chill day. Like that's a society trying to normalize something when it's not even close. Yeah. And over here, just building out this empire, brick by brick. I don't know. A lot. But, you know, somebody got to do it. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. I mean, you know, if no one does it, then, like, are we just going to be there waiting all day? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, like, that, like, someone has to build that empire. Someone has to make that first step which 
you know, it could be scary because some people are looking at you like, hey, are you going to make that first step or do I have to do it? Like, and then there's like that, just that look you give each other, like, mm. um, <laughs> but I mean, it could be done alone, that first step. It could be done in groups, um, but definitely taking that first step um, to whatever you want down the road at the end of the day. Um, yeah. What's that? Huh. 2020. No, it's 2021. My fault. Sorry, but like, <laughs> right, so with um everything currently, what you do? For, what you do for fun? What I do for fun? <laughs> no one has asked me that question in a long time. <laughs> that is so funny. Yo, I don't know anymore. I'll be honest with you. I don't know anymore. I feel like everything I do has a purpose that is not fun, uh, which is crazy. But I guess the last time I did something for fun, I guess exercise nowadays, that's what I'm doing for fun. Um, I'm trying to get back into like self-improvement reading. Um, I did start that at like the end of college and I've totally slacked off, but yeah, I think those would be like my two things of fun that doesn't involve me like beating my brain up or having a big purpose for it. Um, I do it because I want to. So yeah, damn, I haven't given it much thought to be honest. After you, I remember college was like, what are my hobbies again? I think I lost all my hobbies. And I get back into it, start playing video games again. Yeah, because as you know, like, I used to play basketball, used to go out, have fun and all of that. And it's like, I don't want to blame quarantine, but that's also backtracked some of that. But also, like, just work and everything overall has backtracked which is like, that's why I need to find that middle point because I need to be back to who I was, right? Not let, not let work control me, but like me control my own life. And that's been really hard. As you can see that I can't even answer what do I like to do for fun type of question, uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but but hopefully, like, the people that are listening, like, really understand, like, how, how deep that is that, you know, a simple question like that, that if you would have asked me this two years ago or a year ago, I would have told you, like, yeah, I play basketball, play video games, I like to run, I do all that. Now it's like, I don't know, what do I like to do for fun? Good question. Um, so, like, it's really crazy how far, like, things have gone and, like, how fast we grow up, too. Um, which is crazy because I feel like it was just yesterday we were in college trying to figure out what we wanted to do overall and like now we're over here grown up you got a podcast and like everyone's doing their own thing like that's 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 big right there yeah I, was, I keep thinking like I used to be young like I'm still young but I was like I used to be younger and the world used to be different and we had more time and I was happier Like, Yo, that's so crazy because I do feel like we had more time. I do feel like we had more time, which is crazy. 
Like, I feel like our days will last forever. Like, we will be in class and we'll be like, oh, is this ever going to end? Or, like, we'll finish all our work and, like, we'll have more hours and we'll be like, hmm, what do I, what do, I do now? What, what do I do now? Now it's much different, as you probably know. Like, you're editing videos. You're, like, doing all this agenda stuff. Like, where are the hours? Like, I thought I just took an hour doing this, but I actually took three hours. And like time just starts trickling down. It's and it's just crazy how time just doesn't mean anything to us in this society or in this generation. Um, because we're so easy to like add things to our agenda or just waste it by doing these un these you know, unmeaningful things in life. Um so it's like have we really valued time this whole time? Have we? Like they say, when you're younger, enjoy enjoy youth while it lasts, and you don't understand why. And then you get older, so your days get shorter, your time gets, you get less free time, you just like more pressure, like, oh, now I understand why. Yeah. And I think it kind of has to do with like, you know, you want to do all of this so fast or all at once, so at the end of the day, when you're gonna retire or like, if you just wanna stop working, like you wanna have it all done, right? When we were young, the the first thing you're thinking about when you're young is I wanna be older. You could ask any young person in the world and they'll say, I want to be older. You can ask any older person, they'll be like, I want to be younger. So it's like, do is there ever uh, a choice that's perfect enough for us? Or is that for a, a lifestyle that's gonna fit um, us properly? Because we're never satisfied with what we got or what is going to happen. We never are, right? We never are. Right now we can hit the jackpot and win a million dollars and we'll still be like, why didn't I get $2 million? Like, and, it's, and it's ridiculous because it's like, yo, you just won something or you just did something amazing, but you're still not satisfied and you want something else. And that and that's the same thing with time. Like we we did a lot and like we're drained, our brains are drained, but in the back of our minds, we're still like, I still want to do more because I still like want to get this all over with. Like, chill. <laughs> you just did this. You almost killed yourself doing all of this. Like slow down um and i just think we're just not used to slowing down here you know we're just not like if you see somebody moving slow your first thing is like you need to hurry up or you need to speed up so it's like we're just not used to it at all which is funny because when we get older we want to slow down so yeah and also um watching and reading that like it's because you notice less things as you get like older because you you that like, you're used to it already and you like you made like the mental map in your head like okay like the tables were to my left and like the clock was to my right so you don't have to like notice it you just get um operate subconsciously around it. Yeah, that's true. We become habits like we start building habits that we don't even think about it and it just becomes natural to us. Like, if you really think about it, like, we all have some type of habit that we do and we don't even notice, but other people notice it. 
Like, for example, like I have this habit sometimes that I just randomly bite my nails. I randomly do it. Right? It's not because I'm nervous. It's not because like I'm anxious. I just randomly do it. And it's something that sometimes I don't even feel like I'm doing. And then someone just looks at me and be like, bro, what are you doing? And I'm just like, oh, like I don't even notice it. Um, because we're like thinking about a thousand things at the same time, but where our bodies are doing something else. Um, and that's why I've always been fascinated with like the brain. I was watching like a video the other day that was saying that, you know, we have a conscious mind and we have an unconscious mind. And the first seven years of our life, um, information gets stored in our unconscious mind. And this is where we do certain habits that we don't even think about what just happened. And I'm like, so you're telling me my first seven years is where I really define who I am. Which is crazy because we've always been told, oh, you're really good to define who you are, you know, after you become a teen or grow up. So I'm here now thinking like everything I've done before, before I was seven, is really who I really am right now. And like when I have the conversations with like my mom or whatever, and she tells me like, oh yeah, you used to do that when you were little. And you're like, I used to do this when I was little? Like, what? Um, but then you start thinking about it and you're like, hmm, huh, that makes sense. Right? Because when we're little, we don't really think about things. We just do them without feeling embarrassed or thinking about time. But when we're older, Right, we don't do certain actions because we don't want others to think that we're different or whatever, or we have so much other things to do. And it's just interesting, like how our brain works and just how things fall into place so easily. Yeah, two things on that. One thing it was um, I remember in sixth grade doing like an award ceremony. I jumped on the stage in the auditorium. I was like in the back, and then I started walking. Then I was like, started running. Then I was like, you know what? I can make it. Yeah, I landed on the stage. That was fun. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about, like, now, like, I didn't even think about, all the time I was, like, jump on the stage and land there. I didn't think about if I fall, if I hurt myself, anything like that. It was just, my brain was like, A, B. Boom. That's all we think about, A and B. We, we, <laughs> we, don't care how, we don't care how we get there. It's just, yo, I need to get to point B. Some way, somehow, I'm going to get to point B, even if I have to kill myself doing it. That's literally what we think about. And it's funny because if we were to plan it out, our brains would be like, yo, that's a lot of work. Like, I don't feel like doing that. Like, I don't even want to get to point B anymore. Like, I'm <laughs> satisfied with just getting halfway through. But as soon as we just do it just to do it, we're like, oh, wow. That was pretty quick or pretty easy. That's crazy. Huh. So, I mean, so, like, does it make sense that should we think about things before we do them or should we not? Because results vary. I think it's, like, a mix. You need a mixture of both. Like, you need to you need that attitude of just do it because you need to get it done. But you also need to plan it because, like, just in case, like, worst case scenario, you get you can easily pivot if you – at least have a plan of okay, oh this happened. It may not work, but you still have like at least a pivot. So you need like that planning to like 
see what you're doing, but you need that just do it attitude to at least get it done. So it's like the beginning is like a planning, yeah. and then it's the last yeah, step. Totally yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, that totally makes sense, right? That way, in case it doesn't go right, you know, you can go back to the plan and readjust it. Um, but then now we have to think about, like, how many people really take the time to plan it? Or how many people really take the time to go back and readjust? Um, because, again, as we were talking about, like, as soon as it doesn't work out for someone, the first thing they say is, like, yeah, I just can't do this. I just can't. But if you have that just do it attitude, then you're like, nah, I'm going to do this. Like, forget all of you. I'm going to do this. I really am. Um, so, like, you do need a mixture of both. Um, and some works, some doesn't work in some situations. But having a mixture of both, I think, will help you um, with whatever situation comes to mind, um, pretty much. Yeah. Cause like if I try to jump on the stage now, I'm like I'm old. I've weighed more a lot more than I was as a child. Like can't even I don't even know more of a money start. You know those factors come in to create all this eleven. I was like yeah, I could do this. Yeah, we. I mean, we make excuses for everything, um, and I think that's what also like hurts us the most. Like if you think about it, you know, if somebody were to hit me up right now and be like yo, Melo, like, let's go out and do this. I'm already thinking about three excuses that I could say that I don't, even, that I don't want to, um, so I won't have to do it. And think about it, like, in the past week, we've all have done that, at least once. Set an excuse to not have to do something. And, and it's like, why do we do that? Like, why do we need to make that excuse? Like, we can have the open time and we can be free. Like, you're literally doing nothing. Nah, I don't feel like going. I got to do something with my mom or you. I got to help out my neighbors. Something you tell that person, whoever the whoever it is, just so you won't have to do it. And it's like, why? Like, why do we do it? Like, is it really that we're valuing our time? Or is it because, like, we're so selfish that we just want to not, you know, not please anyone else or just, not do anything that has to do with someone else. Ah, the brain is weird. It operates. There's a lot of things that yeah. come with that. Yeah. I mean, it depends the type of person you are at the end of the day as well, too. Like, it depends who you are. And again, like, if we, like we were saying, like, if you're that go-getter, like, you'll be like, yeah, sure, like, let's Let's go do that. Let's do it quick. If you're not one of those type of person, like you're just gonna find that excuse at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And to jump back to like the memory thing, cause like I can remember my first year of college pretty easy, but we see the second, third, and fourth as something and fuzzy, and those are more recent than the first year. Yeah, yeah, that's. That that second, third, and like fourth year of college is where it's like people really start thinking like, do I really want to stay in college? And it and it's due to the fact that it's like this is where you have to decide what do you want to do, right? You have to pick a career path at this point, 
because you need to make credits or whatever the case may be. So for me, it was always like, I needed to find some type of enjoyment while doing all this hardship um, thinking. And either it'd be like hanging out with friends, playing basketball, um, or whatever the case may be. Because if I just dedicate myself to like just college, 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 like it could get the best of me. And I wouldn't want to do it at all. So like finding that balance. So that second year and third year is crucial because can you really decide what you want to do? Or, you know, is college even like for you sometimes? Um, is it just too much going on that you just really can't like figure it out? Um, or is it just, do you not have the like best support system during these years? Um, because it's the pivot point, right? You have to decide on the major, you have to pick um, which classes you want to make on your own. Like so many things are being thrown at you that you're like, yo, like relax. Like I still have a life outside of this place, but it, it really gets the best of some people that they're like, I'm just, I'm good. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I'll come back later down the road and do it. And, and that's why you have like 40 year olds, 30, um, 25 year olds, like doing college later because of that simple fact, like they haven't gotten their like life together or whatever the case may be to really um, find the balance and go through college at a reasonable rate. Um, at that time. Yeah. Just moving all speed. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm not trying to say, like, you have to stay in college and, like, finish it in four years. Like, definitely not. Like, take your time with it because it's your experience. Because as soon as you get out of there, you're on your own, kind of, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because uh, you can have the best support system in college and whatever the case may be, but it's a whole different world when you get out of there, right? We both we both know that. And that's why uh, like, take your time with college and like, do what you have to do and make it an experience that you love because you can't take those, those years back. So like, just being mindful of that as well. Because I'd be like, I miss college. Like, no, no, I miss my friends. Don't miss college. I'll lose my friends. Yeah. Yeah, cause, yeah, like, I mean, if you think about your social life now, your social life in college, completely different ones, right? I imagine, like, you know, like, you and I are, like, both, you know, social butterflies. We'll talk to everyone. We'll know everyone. Like, now it's a little bit different, like, we don't really talk to who we used to talk to in college. And, you know, it's because everyone went their own ways or everyone started growing up and started seeing like, you know, these are not my true friends. So, so many reasons for that to happen. But that's why it's like many people, when they get out of college, they lose connection or they become a different person because, you know, we adapt to our environment, right? That's who we are as humans. We adapt to our environment. So, Right. As soon as I step inside the classroom, I'm different than who I am outside of the classroom because of the environment. Right. And the way you are in the podcast is obviously some different than who you are outside because 
that's just the way everything is, right? So now we have to think about, okay, we could adapt, but as to what we're adapting to, is it who we truly are, right? And adapting and code switching are two different things, right? So just letting people keep that in mind. But as we as we adapt, are we being not true to ourselves? And in college, a lot of people are not true to themselves because they're trying to find that niche, that group of people that they're cool with. But it's like, why do you have to change in order to find that group? Right. That's why when we become older, it's much harder to find the group because when we're older, we're like, I'm going to be who I am. No one's going to take that away from me. So I don't care who in my job thinks differently. That's how we think. But in college, it was so much different. It's like, yo, look at all these people like having fun. Like they, you know, they act this certain way. Like I want to act that way. Like that's not adapting. That's not being true to you, to who you are. And that's just pretty much code switching, in my opinion. Um, so it's, it's, it's really two different things that goes into that as to like why in college and outside of college. Um, it's not because we want it to be different. It's just sadly, it has to be different, um, unfortunately. Yeah, used to have like 500 conversations a day, a week. Now I speak to like 10 people consistently. I was like, this is a different experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm totally with you. Like, and like, if you think about it, those 10 people that you speak to, like, they either know you in a personal level, like they know who you truly are, and like those 500 people that you used to talk to, they just knew you above the surface right they just knew who you how you look like probably um what you probably did for fun but they didn't really get to know you on a more personal level um and that's why you lose those connections and some people take it you know very very hard like wow like i used to have so many people that i used to talk to now i only have like 10 but nowadays we're like okay i got 10 but i have you know, the realest 10. These are my realest 10 people that I know or whatever the case may be, um, which is the way we should think. Um, but we don't because, and not to switch topics, but like social media and everything has caused us to think something else about this whole, like the more followers or the more likes that you got, like you're popular. Um, no. <laughs> what about the impact? Can you move people? That's a good question, the impact. I, yes, I do agree. Like the more people that, you know, follow you and all that, you have a greater impact. Um, but then now you have to think about, okay, you're impacting that, that individual, right? But does it get passed along right does it really get passed along because i can impact a thousand individuals but it can stay within those a thousand individuals but now if i impact two or three 
and then they're impacting those other two or three, and then those other two or three are impacting more and more or more, then my impact is stronger than the person that did a thousand. Um, and you have a point about the impact, but then it gets to the point that how is the impact being spread, right? And that's why I think mentorship is really key because if you mentor someone or you have a great impact in them, then they're going to want to do the same for someone else, so on and so forth. Um, so yes, you can have those a thousand followers and like they can all be impact, but you have to think about, is it being passed along? Is, is, it, is it something that can be passed along anyway? Right? Because then if you are able to pass that along and the, the trend continues, then that's where the impact becomes greater. Um, so yeah. Because um, my favorite YouTuber, he was talking about how he doesn't have like, the most followers or like successes, like 600,000 on YouTube. But when he does like sponsorships for his podcast, the, um, he moves that a lot of people get download and use his code to download. So he has a greater impact than those with bigger numbers that he does because of his um, influence. Yeah. That makes that makes total sense. I mean, I think with podcasting like YouTube, yeah, I mean, it depends the platform that you're using. You know, whatever the case may be, I'm I'm not too knowledgeable in that. But yeah, if if, if you're able to impact more people in a certain platform or or cause that impact to trickle down, I think it's more meaningful than just impacting like a set every like the same individuals every day and they just staying at that rate. Um, then that just becomes questionable as to like, is what I'm doing really meaningful? Because, you know, if you think about it for your podcast, right, you're creating a podcast and like it's, it has probably caused somebody else to create one because they're like, yo, Ezekiel just did one and like he's booming. He got those a thousand downloads and like he keeps flourishing. Like, I like that, right? Boom. Now you just got someone else that did a podcast and like wants to do similar content or like do, or like, have something similar in their book right that's that's big right there right it's not like someone that you know here's your podcast you're like okay yeah like he, he has a podcast that's cool right you had an impact on them but is that impact going to be spread to someone else you see what i'm trying you see what i'm yeah. trying to say like that's where like the the bigger impact comes to paint it forward Yeah, that that paying it forward piece, like that's 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 just key for everything. Like, like it's just paying it it forward, and and I know like we've talked about so many topics in like <laughs> this, this like small little bit of time, but if I think if someone had to just take something out of this, I think it's just the paying it forward part. Like you need to pay it forward because at the end of the day, we don't know how we're gonna look like, how the world is gonna be, or you know what's gonna happen with us. So we have to be very conscious how we pay it forward and, you know, being available for those who need us um, for whatever situation, because, you know, we don't know when we're going, we are going to need a helping hand from them or vice versa. So just paying it forward and just continuing to, you know, empower those people that empowered you and pushing that forward to the next generation as the time comes. So... Again, if anybody could take one piece from this, that paying it forward piece, 
it will be it. And we do like an hour, so like another thing, going back to like uh, 10 people, I always wonder why on like TV shows, like you see like the hundred of the family only has like, it's like a group of four of them. And then you can start seeing why like, just like proximity to the three around the area. And I guess like those are the people who put that stronger connection with. There's always like a group of small group of four people together. Hmm. That is interesting. I haven't given that much thought to be honest. Uh, I do know what you're saying. I haven't given it that much thought. It's interesting. Like in Simpson, is Homer, the black guy, and the other guy, the Fanny guy, it's Peter, Craigmeyer, um, Cleveland, and um, the guy in the wheelchair. I forgot his name. Yeah, but I, I really haven't given that much, that much thought to that. It's interesting though, because you see, like those little things, like how how we don't pay attention to those little things. I know I didn't pay attention to those little things, and now that you bring it up, like it's having me think, and like having me to watch those shows and be like, wow, like why is it like this, or why is this, this specific matter? Um, I mean, that also is like content, right? To see like what people like to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that that's tricky. That's the tricky piece to really get to. Yeah, I would have to give that a lot of thought, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because <laughs> watching TV is like a lot of shows are just repeated. It's the family, then you have the husband and the wife, and then the wife has a friend who's single, either the sister or like a neighbor and then like to go to the same same show for like the bank the bank episode like chapter in the class episode <laughs> yes it's like so cliche like i think so like predictable um and i think that's because it's like what we want to see because i think if it was something else like it wouldn't have that many audience members watching it um but it's also like the typical household, if you think about it too, right? Just as you were mentioning, like the husband, the wife, and then, you know, that single friend, whatever the case may be. It's like that typical type of lifestyle um, that I think we feed off of that we want. Like, yeah, I want that. Like, you know, my, my wife, you know, my kids, and then, you know, the neighbor, obviously the neighbor that looks okay. Um, you know, we, we, we feed off of that little typical lifestyle and we like put ourselves in that situation. Like if I was like Peter and I was cracking those jokes or making those funny situations, like I know I like my neighbors would love me because I'm just that funny guy. Um, and same thing with like Homer, like his work too, like the people that he works with and like his lifestyle as well. And like with Bart and whatever the case may be. Um, like we feed off of that because that we start making like little imaginations in our head, like, oh, if my lifestyle was like that, like I would have done this different, or I know like this would have been much easier for me, blah, blah, blah. Like we just start creating like little images in our heads. And I think that just, we just feed off of it. Why don't we see it? Yeah.
is that that formula, the TV tele, storytelling formula that they have to science. Yeah, because they, I mean, I imagine they collect a lot of data about like human behavior and like our thoughts and all of that, which makes sense. Like, like you don't know who's gonna who's going to see your show, so you need to know like what the other person on the other side thinks. Um, which is pretty hard to do overall because, you know, we think depending on how our day is going and whatever the case may be. So, I mean, I imagine the amount of work that goes into that overall, trying to figure out what people think and how we think and why we think, you know, endless amount of, of mysteries down that road. Yeah. That was a good conversation. What path we went through. It's coming up to like an hour. So yeah. So like the final question is, what would you name? Yeah, your bro. Story? I mean, what would you name your origin story? What would I name? Yeah. What would I name my like my story? Yeah. Damn. Tough question. What would I name my story? Um if I had to name my story. Oh, I'm the day in the life of a Bronx kid. Like I wouldn't say typical Bronx kid. I wouldn't say anything. The day in the life of a Bronx kid. Um, because there's no typical lifestyle, just day in the life. So I think that's how I would name my story. Yeah, I think that pretty much summed it up a little bit. Nice. Well, thank you for coming on. You're always welcome. Thanks, bro. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Good time to catch up. Everything you said there forever. Yeah, it's been a long time, man. A long time that we chat. Really long time. So it's good having this conversation, especially on this platform, man. And I wish you the best of luck. I mean, how everything's going. I see the progress. So keep it pushing, man. And keep inspiring the youth. Make better versions of us. Said the youth. Yeah. Keep inspiring. Like, what would I say to the youth? No, I'm just nagging, but keep inspiring the youth. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep inspiring the youth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got to, man. Like, somebody needs to do it, right? Just how we talked about. Somebody needs to do it. So. I gotta keep it going. Can't stop now. I gotta. We got a lot of work to do, right? We, as in everyone. Yeah. That brings another episode of the Let's Get Out podcast to a close. Again, I'd like to thank my friend Digno for joining the podcast. For next week, I'm my friend Gene to speak about his story. Hope continue to have a nice day, and I hope to see you there.